0: hey guys welcome back into another episode of the dynasty optimus uh you got brad here on the mic with my friend andrew how is it going
1: it's going great man it's going great really excited to be here really excited to get back with you and check with the uh the listeners here and get this party started
0: hell yeah so uh we missed another week we apologize we're trying to make this thing as consistent as possible but uh you know life happens uh it's been a been a busy past couple of weeks, so but we're we're here to bring you another episode this week, uh, on time. So let's start off here, man. Brandon, Ayuk finally got some targets this week. Uh, let's get an optimist check on him. How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I mean, as good as I possibly can, right? Because the utilization has been not great, and most dynasty managers that invested draft capital in you like I did, and I purchased him in, in a bunch of leagues or every league I could. Unfortunately, there were a lot of people that were really high on him. Luckily now, you know, I can buy him for a second. Easy peasy. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter. So, and I'm still buying him for every second well in every league, but the utilization in week eight has been very promising. He played on 88% snap percentage, 30% target share, 29% of the team's air yards. Routes per ran, you know, 1.62. That's not great, especially when you compare it to like Debo's, for example. I think he had like a seven point six two, but that also is heavily inflated with his didn't he have like an eighty yard catch or something yeah, something it was, like that. It was so like eighty yards. Yeah, it was something nutty. He's been playing lights out and he's been by far the biggest miss by me personally in a long time. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel combined, right? It's been a huge miss for me. But, you know, the process isn't always legit, so doesn't always work, no. It um, does not. but it's nothing to be super excited about and to, you know, roll them out on your starting roster. However, it's something to watch going forward. You know, I mean, hell, I could be a Denzel Mims truther, right? And, <laughs> you know, I could be, I could be in that boat and that boat is already at the bottom of the ocean, bro.
0: Hey, so, hey, hey, be nice to Mims. Be nice to Mims. It's not his it fault. It could be worse. <laughs> hey, we, we we both got some uh some coaches that are just tanking our wide receivers. Man, we got Shanahan over there tanking IUK and uh, well, I don't even know if it's the coach at this point. It might be the entire staff that's tanking uh Mims with whatever's going on with him. Uh, let's actually this is a perfect segment into the next thing we want to talk about here. So, Kyle Shanahan has kind of always been seen as this just God amongst men when it comes to being a coach in the NFL, and He's a solid uh, – he's been a great offensive coordinator. He's been a solid offensive game planner. But is he really that good? I mean, he has a 34-40 and 40 overall record as a head coach. He has his one winning season, which we all know was very, very good. But is he actually that good? He He's not great for fantasy football players. That's for damn sure. What, what, do, you, what do you think about Kyle Shanahan?
1: I hate Kyle Shanahan. And honestly, the, the only reason I hate Kyle Shanahan is – He's 100% extremely frustrating for all fantasy gamers. He has zero loyalty to draft capital. Doesn't care. You know, first round, second round, you know, hell, you can get benched so quickly if you're a first round pick for just a random fifth or sixth round player. If he thinks that, you know, that player somehow can give him better production or if he can justify it to himself in some way, right? You know, the prime example is Trey Sermon. Right, Trey Sermon, third-round pick in the NFL, and gone, benched. Elijah Mitchell is the go-to running back in that system right now, and obviously things can change because we've seen it change multiple times. But I don't know. With Trey Sermon, I mean, Dynasty managers were salivating over Trey Sermon when he was drafted to the 49ers, and they expected him to take the lead role. You know, oh, look, we have a gem. You know, the running backs in Kyle Shanahan's system. Can't wait to have that on my roster. Well, it's been nothing but just just crap, uh, unfortunately, for the most part. And it feels like, to me, and I'm not sure if you feel this way, but it feels like a uh, Vaughn draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, a Keyshawn Vaughn. I love you, Dave, bro, but uh, this is always going to be brought up whenever we can. Uh, the Keyshawn Vaughn draft, I mean, he was drafted in a rookie draft the one point eleven. And I think it was early second for Trey Sermon and both feel like they should have been late second to early third round acquisitions.
0: Yeah. It's Kyle Shanahan's been very weird with these players and it's kind of hard to trust him in the future with it. I mean, we have kind of a history with it. Now we have uh, Trey Sermon this year. We have Brandon Ayuk, who was a high draft pick and he's kind of disappeared this year. He uh, Dante Pettis looked good. And I, I, I know people will laugh Dante Pettis, but he's a joke now. Well, at one point, people were starting to value Dante Pettis pretty highly. And he, if I'm not wrong, I believe was a second round pick and he just fell off a cliff too. Even, we'll throw one back to right right when Kyle Shanahan started was a, a guy that a bunch of people were looking at when they drafted him in the fourth round was Joe Williams, the running back. Uh, Joe Williams was off out of the NFL in one year. He was traded up for in the fourth round and a bunch of people thought he was going to be great. So it's kind of hard to trust Kyle Shanahan. And at this point, He's he has some fantasy producers, but even at the running back position where he he's always has producers at running back, it's really unpredictable. It feels almost like the Patriot situation where you kind of have to guess week to week. With this year, you can get if Elijah Mitchell's healthy healthy, it seems as if he's the guy. But uh, Michael Hasty has taken over the second role for over Trey Sermon, and there's talk about Jeff Wilson even playing over Trey Sermon when Jeff Wilson's healthy. So. It's, it's just kind of a weird situation with Kyle Shanahan. And as everybody sees him as just this amazing, amazing coach, but I, I'm just not fully convinced that he actually is. I'm really not. All right, let's move on to the power rankings update for the week. So this week, there was a couple of movers, and some of these really had to do with injuries, and some have to do with teams that are actually... Uh, playing better than i have given them credit for recently so we'll go through it real quick so one still the cleveland steamboats two reno royals three denver sea dogs four chicago Southsiders. five we i put the baltimore bombers jumping up to five above the richmond raiders who are now at six we got the washington war machines at seven the jacksonville juicers at eight the philadelphia air rats climb up to number nine the aussies drop from nine to ten Proceed worldwide at 11 and Columbus curbstompers at 12, where they will probably stay for the rest of the season. So real quick question on these power rankings. Who do you see more as a threat to upset one of the top four contenders? Do you see the Raiders or the bombers as a bigger threat? What well, personally, anyways,
1: and we're talking regular season here or postseason? regular season,
0: just a regular season upset.
1: Okay. Uh, if we're talking about regular season, and unfortunately, even postseason, it's the Baltimore Bombers. The Baltimore Bombers have been you know, sneaky good, like you say in the, uh, in the description there in the comments. They, uh, they have a lot of depth at wide receiver. They actually have way more depth than I thought they did. I didn't really take a really good look at it until recently. But, you know, Deontay Johnson, Pittman, Kirk, you know, Mike Evans, even though we hate Mike Evans on this pod. Uh, Devontae Smith, he's been really unreliable in terms of volume, but still a talented player. Uh, Marquise Brown, and then now Jerry Judy's returning. That's a lot of wide receiver depth. Two rock-solid running backs, especially when CEH comes back. He's not playing right now, so Najee's pretty much carrying the uh, the load there for his wide receiver room. But that roster, in my opinion, definitely has way more upset potential now only because of the Richmond Raiders losing uh, Derrick Henry and also Henry Ruggs because of that DUI. So the Raiders, to me, feel like it's Jamar Chase and Chris Godwin And then it's bust unless those players have like two blow up weeks. I don't really see a lot of production from the other players on that team. So the bombers, man, the bombers all the way.
0: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you on that one. It's sad to see because Derrick Henry, the Derrick Henry injury really plummeted that. Uh, One more quick question on the power rankings. Uh, Something that uh, I we hadn't talked about talking about here, but what do you think about the Philly Air Rats? Do you do you have any wor- reason to worry about them on a weekly basis about getting upset? Because uh, recently they've had some good output for, from some players that they haven't been. So such as like Justin Fields had a great week last week. Michael Carter blew up last week. The uh, his two his tight end pairing and Dalton Schultz and Dallas Goddard is sneaky good as well. Daryl Hender- or sorry Daryl Williams is still the starting guy there. Do you have any worry if you have to go up against the Air Rats right now?
1: Uh, a little bit and the only reason i say that is because if you can break that 140 to 150 point range chances are you're gonna beat the rats you know uh, the poverty rats they there's some good players on that team and but i don't feel like he can consistently break that 140 to 150 points per game so if you can unless your bye weeks are just decimating you which the bye weeks are decimating a lot of teams, and then you combine that with injuries as well. You know, if you if you are hovering around that one twenty five to one thirty, yeah, I think the poverty rats one hundred percent have a chance to beat you. But if you can get to that 140, 145 forty five, one fifty, the rats are going to have a hard time.
0: Yeah, that that seems to be the case. Uh, it might change a little bit once Russell Wilson's back, which he should be back in two to three weeks probably. Uh, we'll have to see, but eh, I mean, they have a shot depending upon the week. Uh, I'm, I would have a little bit of fear playing them, but not too much. Like you said, if you hit that 140 threshold, I think you're probably good. All right, let's move on to some NFL news here. So first big one that dropped this week, we just mentioned it. Derrick Henry, he has a broken bone in his foot. He's going to be out six to 10 weeks. Sounds like it's going to be closer to eight to 10 weeks rather than the six to 10, but what does this mean for the running back room and for the Titans do you I mean personally do you think Jeremy McNichols or Adrian Peterson is going to get the value or do you do you think neither is going to get value do you think both is there is there any value to be salvaged there in Tennessee.
1: Uh, I'm going to side with with Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's probably going to get a good amount of volume in that offense on the ground and maybe even through the air just a little bit but I feel like it's going to be kind of like a 50 50 timeshare maybe maybe kind of like a Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams type of situation and neither are going to be super exciting to start. They're both going to be flex plays and you might be able to get like eight to 10 points from either one of them. So,
0: yeah, I I tend to agree. Uh, It's kind of a weird one just due to the fact that we haven't seen that Titans backfield without Derrick Henry. It's, it's been years since Derrick Henry hasn't been the running back. So we'll just kind of have to see where they go from there. I do think Adrian Peterson will take over the main bell cow on the ground work. I don't know how many touches a game that's going to be. I also don't know how the game plan is going to change for the Titans. But really, the Titans haven't been that effective when it comes to play action this season as they were the, in the seasons prior. So I think their passing game should still be all right. Maybe uh, maybe a slight drop in it. But I, I, I do think their passing game should be all right. They may be passing a little bit more often. Uh, so moving on we've got Calvin Ridley is going to be out for an unknown number of weeks with personal reasons. Uh if you feel bad for the guy. I mean, it's it's always sad to see something like this, especially when it's uh, uh something going on in his head. I mean, it's I I hope for nothing for the best of this guy. I hope he recovers soon. Do you personally do you think this is going to be a good or a bad thing for Pitts being the Pitts owner? Do you think it's going to help him being the undisputed number 1 target on that team or do you think defenses are going to co- be focused on him too much where he's might might get shadowed and slowed down.
1: Well, to comment on the Calvin Ridley mental illness or situation going on, uh, first off, depression, anxiety, you know, all of those other mental illnesses that I'm not listing, uh, they're not they're not a joke, bro, and they should be taken very seriously. So, I, I'm I'm glad that he's stepping away from football in that situation, and I hope he's getting the help that he needs. I hope it's not just a he's leaving football and he's like just trying to man up, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, I can deal with them myself. I just I just can't deal with the day to day football kind of activities. So there's a lot of people that suffer from from those type of things, anxiety, you know, depression. And it's really hard to combat, your, you know, by yourself. So hopefully he gets help there. But in regards to pits, not having Calvin really on the field in my opinion, is just bad for the offense as a whole, especially when Matt Ryan looked as putrid as he did last week against the Panthers. 146 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions, 67 passer rating. I mean, that's about as bad as Sam Darnold played last week, and that fool got benched. Pitts should see plenty of work, should see plenty of volume. However, will those balls be catchable, Right will he be triple covered? Only time will tell. You know, I think I think he's going to be shadowed unfortunately and I think that he's going to suffer for, because of that because of being the number 1, you know, undisputed weapon there. So,
0: yeah, I unfortunately agree with you on that one and I have shares of pits in other leagues, so that it kind of upsets me. Do I think he's still going to have a good season? Absolutely, I do, but I it's going to be tough sledding. I mean, he's going to be the number 1 guy there and it's not even close after that. If you look at the two games that Calvin Ridley has already been out, last week like you said was terrible. He had two receptions for 13 yards, but against the Jets he did have a huge his first actual like blow up game where he had nine receptions for 119 yards and a touchdown, but that is against the Jets. Uh, one thing you did see last week against Carolina is they were able to put Stephon Gilmore on him in some situations, who's obviously a lockdown corner, uh, and they also were able to have safety help over the top. And that safety help over the top is able is able to limit Kyle Pitts either to shorter routes or those corners can start playing a little bit more aggressive with him. And sometimes if you can get one of those bigger corners like Stephon Gilmore, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, whoever the guy might be, just a bigger uh, just a bigger corner, they might be able to bully him into just being complacent with a, a shorter, either shorter routes or they actually might be able to beat them to the ball. So I, I do agree, unfortunately. I think that uh, Kyle Pitts will be slowed down slightly this season. Uh, slowed down, though, could still mean a great fantasy finish at the tight end position. All right, let's move on to the last piece of NFL news here. This one's a really weird one that we just saw today. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer with the Browns, it's kind of unclear whether this is an Odell Beckham Jr. decision or a Browns decision. From kind of the little things I've seen, it seems to be an Odell decision with Baker coming out and saying he kind of wants an apology from Odell. But the early reports saying that Kevin Stefanski just basically said he's no longer a part of the team, that almost seemed like a Browns decision. So it's, it's just kind of a weird situation overall. Despite anything, it, it appears that he's not a Brown, or he, or he will no longer be a Brown here very soon. So fantasy implications to, of this. Donovan People's Jones seems kind of interesting going forward. I mean, Baker Baker's a very efficient passer. He hasn't been great with his deep ball passing, but he's a very efficient passer. So, if they maybe have an, a slight uptick in uh pass in pass percent, pass play pass play percentage, goodness. Uh going forward this season as they've been one of the lowest uh consistently in throwing the ball, uh maybe maybe D, DPJ can be an effective player, I... At this point, it's hard to say. Uh, I think Jarvis will be likely the major target there, but really, I think the big benefactor is going to be the tight end room. I think you're going to start seeing some of those dudes flexed out wide as a wide receiver. Instead of playing in line, you'll get David and Joku out wide or possibly even, uh, uh, goodness, Harrison Bryant. There's his name, uh, split out wide too. Harrison Bryant hasn't been widely used this season, but we, we could see a little bit of uptick for him. I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be just Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, what do you think of the whole situation? Do you think... people's Jones is worth flex consideration at some point what do you think of the tight end room with thoughts on the whole OBJ situation
1: well unfortunately DPJ is not viable for flex consideration and that's because we have no consistency we have zero consistency with the guy he has a lot of flash plays and he really jumps off the screen when he makes those plays but he's really not a fantasy viable asset or startable asset I should say uh, just yet so he needs to be developed more and If you roster him, you're super excited to see what happens. And you should be. So Jarvis Landry, just to touch on Jarvis Landry real fast, uh, eight to 10 targets a game probably in that offense. Unfortunately, like you said, Baker Mayfield, he's not a bad passer, in my opinion. Even the the numbers all say it. He's He's not a bad passer, contrary to popular belief. The Browns are 29th in team pass plays per game and he's averaging 9.3 air yards per attempt passing rates have plummeted unfortunately they're fourth at at the bottom in terms of early down pass frequency so what are you supposed to do with that you know i mean it's really hard to roster any of these pass catchers when their passing volume is just so low so i'm really looking forward to the tight ends hopefully being incorporated unfortunately none of them are super startable right now unless you just have really no other option which you know with the tight end landscape we both know that there's teams out there that are rolling you know Njoku out there Hooper out there because they really just don't have a choice there's not many options out there to start especially in tight end premium with the whole OBJ situation though yeah he's just not a brown anymore I mean uh, I was shocked when I saw uh, Stefanski just come out and say you know he's just not part of the team anymore at all He's gone. Done. And there was a, like, a lot of f- confusion with his... I'm pretty sure his father came out and re- basically just blatantly requested o- Odo Beckham Jr. be traded. And even uh, even LaFra James. I mean, he rolled out and he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> free OBJ. Shout out to Seth. I had to do it to you. Come on now. And it's, it's a very frustrating uh, kind of situation for all OBJ managers and I don't know where he's going to go. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm not sure. Do you think that he's going to be a startable fantasy asset? Obviously not with the Browns, but with maybe another team this season. I mean, cause the trade deadlines passed. So I'm not sure they have to drop him. I'm assuming for him to be picked up by another team. Right. So,
0: yeah, I highly doubt he's usable the rest of the season. I It's, it's a really odd situation. He wasn't, if he wasn't viable with, his original team coming back from injury where he actually has at least a little bit of chemistry with Baker. I highly doubt any team he goes to after this, he'll have any sort of fantasy implications this season, next season. Maybe we'll just have to see. It's 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 a weird one with OBJ. He's been one of the most curious cases where he dominated early in his career. And just hasn't done anything for roughly four years now. All right, let's move on to some league news here. Uh, We touched on this already briefly earlier but i just want to ask it to you as a kind of a blatant question get a quick response from you on this are the richmond raiders no longer a contender with the derrick henry injury and henry Rugg situation
1: uh no they are no longer a contender and to ask that question you have to assume that they were a contender in the first place which they weren't even prior to the injuries. Mostly just because of our playoff format, they would have to win our division or my division, excuse me, to advance the playoffs mostly because there's three teams making it guaranteed into the playoffs in one division. So yeah, that's the unfortunate truth.
0: Yeah, I unfortunately agree. When you're uh, trotting out there at running back at this point, Trey Sermon, Jamal Williams, Devontae Booker, Ronald Jones, or Ty Johnson as your options, it's going to be tough. It's tough sledding going forward. I was really hoping for that team to take a big step forward, but it's, man, with that Derrick Henry injury, it's tough. But I'm I'm scared of them in the future. I'm not going to lie. I really am. They do have some draft capital coming up, and Jamar Chase is horrifying. And they, do, they have other wide receivers outside of hit, just him, but Jamar Chase is great, man. All right, let's move on to the other piece of league news here. The Jacksonville Juicers are still winning games, and it's kind of baffling. They currently are averaging 115 points per game, which for just reference sake, the Aussies are averaging 114. They're averaging one less point per game than the Jacksonville Juicers, but their records are flipped, 6-2 and two and 2-6. Two and six. The Jacksonville juicers have also been absolutely decimated by injuries this season. I compiled a quick little list here of uh, players that are either injured now or have been affected by injury this season for them. And this this is baffling, just crazy. So they've got Julio Jones off and on injured. Gronk off and on injured. Zach Wilson's out right now. Miles Sanders is on the IR. Saquon's been hurt most of the season. Antonio Gibson, I mean, he hasn't been missing games, but he's he's hurt. We all can see it. Michael Thomas is out for the year. Odell is Odell. Curtis Samuel's been out this whole season. Tua's missed a bunch of time. I mean, how in the heck is this team six and two? And I, I mean, do you think they make the playoffs at this point? They have to, right?
1: Yeah, that team has to make the playoffs just due to our playoff format, right? I mean, there's no way that the Aussies are going to win that division at two and six, while the Jacksonville Juices are six and two. So that's going to be the easiest playoff matchup for whoever, you know, matches against them in the playoffs. So,
0: yeah, that's, it's a really low points per game to be in the playoffs, but you know what props to them? If they can figure it out in the playoffs and some of those injuries get right. Well, Michael Thomas won't, but some of the other ones do, uh, I hope nothing for the, but the best for them. All right, let's move on to some matchups here. So we'll start off here with the Reno Royals, my team versus prestige worldwide worldwide. So we know this one's probably not going to be very close uh currently my team has had the worst week uh of the season last week and i scored like 140 points which the procedure worldwide has not reached that mark yet this season so it doesn't appear that it's going to be close but a couple things that were that i that i'm looking at here and a couple things at note one is that uh the depth on my team i think has been paying off really well this season uh, we've seen some other teams. Uh, no, this is no shade whatsoever at uh, the Sea Dogs here, but when they had that huge bye week, week they got absolutely, or they got beat. I mean, it, they got obliterated by that bye week, and it, it's just hard to see that. And bye weeks haven't hit me as hard, nor have injuries, just due to my depth. So I'm, I'm pretty happy I was able to compile that prior to this season. Um, and then uh, one thing I'm looking at from my team this week, I have to bring it up, man. Jordan Love, he's gonna, put, he's gonna be starting for the Packers this week, and I mean, I'm really hoping he has Devontae Adams. It seems like he should. But you never really know with the COVID stuff. It, he could be out another week. But really looking at J- Jordan Love just to see what I have for the future. I'm not, I'm not going to be starting him this week. I'm not confident that confident in him. But I want to see what I got for the future. And with Prestige Worldwide... We're really looking not at guys that are going to be helping him this week as it's pretty unlikely he's going to have an upset this week, but I'm looking at guys that are going to be on his team after the season. So I want to see Carson Wentz have a bounce back. We've been talking up Carson Wentz week after week on this podcast, and then he came out last week and threw a left-handed interception falling into the end zone, and it was so Carson Wentz of him. I want to see him bounce back and have bounce back big time on Thursday night against the Jets. He better just beat the crap out of Jets, and I honestly, I expect a QB one week from him. And then this is one that we haven't talked about, but he got a ton of off-season hype, and now he's just kind of faded into oblivion. And that's Adam Troutman. Uh, this is a tight end premium league. You got to start two tight ends in this league. It's Adam Troutman had a ton of hype coming into the season. People were trading shoot. I even saw first-round picks for Adam Troutman. And while he's getting a lot of the snap percentage on this team, I mean he's had eighty plus percent snap percentage in six out of the eight weeks. He hasn't produced, which I know it's the Saints. They really aren't passing the ball a ton, but I'm looking for Adam Troutman to really step up this season, especially against an Atlanta defense that's just kinda suspect. So uh any notes you have about the matchup between myself and prestige worldwide?
1: Uh no, not nothing really spectacular to to look at here. Uh your team just the, the most consistent team in the league you know by far in my opinion and personally i would be terrified to match up against you in either the regular season or the playoffs your team has been rock solid i mean it's been it's exceeded my expectations uh going into the season by far especially with Debo samuel daryl henderson and a few other players core daryl patterson even
0: wait did i say daryl patterson nah you said daryl uh henderson
1: Thank, okay good um, but with this uh, with your roster, it's just it's just such a good roster that I can't imagine you losing this matchup in a million years. So unfortunately, I have to give it to the Reno Royals. But like you said, with Prestige Worldwide, personally, I'm looking for Kenneth Gainwell. I want to see if uh, Philadelphia can finally get their ground game going a little bit uh, against the Chargers. Kenneth Gainwell has looked pretty good. Miles Sanders is still not in the mix. So I'm sure it's going to be Gainwell, Boston Scott, and obviously Jalen Hurts running the football plenty of times. But Adam Troutman, like you said, unfortunately just, mm, that offense is just lost in my opinion right now. And I don't feel like Adam Troutman can can really do anything. So it's just yeah. another, uh, it's another washed week for the prestige worldwide. But keep on chugging.
0: Yeah, hope that guy's doing his homework for some uh, future picks, and I'll be excited to see what he digs up and what kind of dart throws he has. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. So next matchup we have on here is the Philly Air Rats versus the Jacksonville Juicers. My quick thoughts on this game is it's going to be a tight one, man. Uh, I'm kind of excited for this game. We talked about Jacksonville Juicers just a minute ago, and they're not scoring a whole lot of points, and they're getting a lot scored on them, yet they're still 6-2. and two. The Air Rats are... Uh, I mean, they have some they have some stud players on their team, and I think they can get it done this week against the Juicers. And this might this will finally bring one of the rare Juicers losses, despite uh, despite their luck this season. In this matchup, I'm really going to be looking towards uh, on at least on the Air Rat side, Van Jefferson, and see how he progresses. They just dropped Deshaun Jackson, Tutu Atwell, their superstar wide receiver, is out for the season. Uh, played 10 whole snaps this year. Uh, I want to see how Van Jefferson does. He came into the league not really as a deep ball type of guy, but this season he's kind of been used in that role. And with Deshaun Jackson gone now, I want to see how he performs. Uh, Moving on to the juicer side of it, the Waddle to a stack is still confusing for me. Jalen Waddle's just been a very bizarre player this season. His ADOT is extremely low. He's been He's had good weeks. He's had his bad weeks, but he's just never really racking up the yardage at this point. I want to see that connection continue to grow. I want to see Tua continue to have decent games. He's been good for fantasy recently, and they they play the Houston Texans this week, who we all know are absolutely terrible. So I, I really want to see that stack do something this week and, and impress me in ways that I haven't seen just yet. Uh, who do you think is going to win this matchup between the Air Rats and the Juicers and any notable players in this one?
1: Well, here we go. Poverty Rats. Poverty rats are gonna walk away with a dub. Man. Let's go, baby. I'm super excited for him, man. They're gonna get a dub. And the juices are gonna fall to six and three. Uh unfortunately, man, this this juicer's roster is just decimated, bro. What are you supposed to do with it? Especially with all these questionable tags every single week. But they got some star players on the rats. The rats are gonna walk away with the dub. Uh the goat, you know, uh Mike White, rolling in hot. <laughs> It's going to be legit. Mike White's going to tear it up. And then all of a sudden there's a quarterback controversy in New York for the Jets. Not really. I mean, we all know Zach Wilson's the future and they know that too. But uh, it's kind of fun to watch and it's fun to be a spectator in that situation, right? Just to see the dumpster fire on Twitter and to see the media just take everything to extreme proportions like they always do, right? Yeah, Alvin Kamara's is going to eat. Aaron Jones is going to eat. It's going to be great.
0: Alright, I've got a question here for you that I never yeah. in a million years thought I would be asking. This is Alright. So we got two stacks, one on either team here. Which stack outperforms the other? We got the Michael Carter, Mike White stack for the Air Rats <laughs> and the Tuatunga Viloa Jalen Waddle stack for the Juicers. Uh... Which stack wins? Oh no.
1: Oh God, I hate this. Um I gotta give it to the goat, bro. I gotta give it to Mike White <laughs> and, and Carter, man. I mean, oh. come on. I I I, li- I really like Tua, and I really, I mean, I can't even say I really like Jalen Waddle because I'd be lying. But I think J- Jalen Waddle is a fine a fine player, and I feel like he's a great NFL wide receiver. Maybe not so much for fantasy, but you know, it is what it is. But they're playing against Houston. Houston's a total dumpster fire, so I'm still gonna stick with Mike White, though.
0: Yeah, I love going siding with the goat, man. It's just like siding with Tom Brady. Let's go
1: mm-hmm. okay. and Michael Jordan. Don't forget about that. Oh, true.
0: Shares I mean, the name for the reason.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, let's move on to the next matchup here. We got the Columbus Curb Snappers versus the Richmond Raiders. Um, this one's going to be closer than I think anybody was anticipating recently. Uh, once again, we've. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but with Derrick Henry being down, it's uh, that was his powerhouse and. If we don't get the crazy blow up game from Jamar Chase or Mike Williams, it's. Possible that the Richmond Raiders actually drop this game to the Columbus Curb Stompers. And I mean, the Curb Stompers, I wasn't projecting to win a single game this season uh, as of a couple weeks ago, except for if they maybe match up with Prestige Worldwide later on. I haven't checked the schedule that deep yet. But the Raiders, right now, it looks like they're probably, they have Corey Davis in their starting lineup right this second, but he's doubtful to play. The next guys up they have to choose from are Trey Sermon, Chester Rogers, or Byron Pringle in their flex because of their bye weeks this week. And I don't know about you, but I'm not really trusting any of those dudes to be playing in my flex. I'm, um, I, I, You know what? I'm going with it. I'm going to take the curb stompers this week in his first win of the season, which would be absolutely awesome. Damian Harris has been playing better uh, as the season's progressing. I want to see a Baker Mayfield step up, and uh, I'm in order to manifest that, I'm I'm going to go with the curb stompers this week. Uh, and, and then, honestly, this last one, just real quick on him. I think Rondell Moore could have a huge week this week. Uh, Reason being is AJ Green's already gone down with COVID for the week. And then DeAndre Hopkins hasn't practiced, uh, at least at today. We're recording Wednesday and he didn't practice on Wednesday. If both of those two guys are down, it's going to be Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, and everyone else. So I think Rondell Moore could have a huge week. What do you think about this matchup?
1: I'm going to first say that you're not starting Byron Pringle unless your name's derived and you just <laughs> love Byron Pringle because that I remember that man was hyping up that Byron Pringle and I was sitting there in the car dealership, getting my, uh, my vehicle service for some bullshit. And I was reading that. I was like, what you're out of your mind, homie. And here we are Byron <laughs> Pringle, nothing, just nada. but, uh, nothing about that Columbus curb stompers, bro. I'm going with the curb, the curb stompers are going to take the, take the dub. I don't know about you, but I'm just feeling another Mike Williams bus week. I'm feeling another Ooh. two to three points for Mike Williams and Philly. I don't know. I just don't see it. I just don't see a dub here. Uh, spe- unless Sam Darnold doesn't play. Sam Darnold could not play and PJ Williams could start. And then that just blows everything up. So
0: yeah, if, if Sam Darnold doesn't play, then that's an automatic loss for the curb stompers. Unfortunately, uh, I would love for him to play though, just cause uh, I like chaos. All right, let's go on to our fourth matchup here. We've got the Denver Sea Dogs versus the Baltimore Bombers. This one's got to be the Sea Dogs. Uh, it would take a lot, I think, for the Bombers. As much as we talked them up earlier, it'd probably take a lot for them to win. Uh, it's it's not impossible though. I'm not I'm not giving this like a zero percent chance the Bombers win. It it is possible. Some quick notes on the Seahawks dogs team, just to play devil's advocate for them. Like I just said, DeAndre Hopkins did not practice on Wednesday. If he does not play this week, it's definitely going to hurt his team. George Kittle hasn't been fully activated yet. He's uh, set to return from IR in that 21-day window, but he hasn't done it yet. Uh, So if he doesn't have George Kittle, he's going to be back to the well, starting guys like Eric Ebron, Tyler Croft. Brevin Jordan, dudes like that at his second tight end position. And shoot, if uh, DeAndre Hopkins can't go, he's going to be down to Cole Beasley, who who did have a good week last week. And he's not a terrible, terrible flex play, but it's definitely not optimistic uh optimal to be starting cole beasley uh in a weekly basis and right now the actual projections for sleeper are going to be a little bit off as right now it's only projecting 114 points for the Bombers, but they do still have mike evans in their starting lineup and he's on his bye week and they probably could increase their points per game if they started both marquise brown and jerry judy uh we'll see and once again not uh Christian Kirk is on the Bombers squad. And if Hopkins and AJ green are both down, it could be a big week for Kirk as well. Not just Rondell Moore. So I'm going to give it to the Denver sea dogs, but I don't think this is going to be an easy matchup for him. Uh, Any thoughts on this matchup? Do you feel the same? Uh, Any players you want to highlight?
1: Well, I'm super hyped on the, uh, on the Baltimore bombers roster. And I think that they have created just a great opportunity to have a five year window in dynasty, but Unfortunately, none of that matters for this matchup. So the Denver Sea Dogs are going to probably take a dub here, and I'm not giving it a zero percent chance by any means, but it's a small percentage. I mean, it's it's five percent in my opinion. The even with uh, Hopkins not playing, for example, maybe Kittle not playing, the consistency of the running backs on this team set the uh, set the stage for a dub. So.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree. What if, uh, what if Kittle, James Robinson, and DeAndre Hopkins are all out? Does that change anything Ooh. for you?
1: Mm. That changes just a little bit. I think that ups the percentage maybe to like a 20 percent, because I think Christian Kirk could have a a serious blow up game playing the Jets, and I'm really looking for David Njoku to take a step forward with no OBJ. Hope I mean. Every single trend that we're looking at in terms of pass attempts for the Browns uh, makes me believe that the passing volume is going to be shit still going forward, even with no Oda Beckham Jr. However, miracles happen. And I think if a miracle is going to happen, I think it's going to be the Bombers. I think the Bombers are going to get that miracle. They seem to kind of be that one team outside of the uh, juicers to just have things go their way or... At least keep the matchups really close. So
0: if they were able to steal a win from the Sea Dogs this week, that would be huge for their chances to make the playoffs. And uh, like I've said in probably every show, I love chaos and I think that would be super fun. Alright, let's go to our fifth matchup here. Uh, Just got two more for you guys. So we got the Denver Aussies versus the Washington War Machines. Uh, This is another close one. We got a lot of close matchups this week, I think. Uh, But this is another close one here. Uh, The the Aussies and the War Machines. The War Machines have obviously had the struggle season. The Aussies have just been middle of the pack they not great not terrible uh they have a a lot of running backs on their roster and actually something i wanted to point out about this matchup that's kind of interesting is right now the aussies are playing five running backs versus two wide receivers and the war machines are playing five wide receivers versus two running backs and traditionally running backs are a little bit more consistent uh they tend to have less of those just complete downer weeks such as like mike williams that you referenced earlier uh having a two catch game or whatever it might be and those two catches go for like 13 yards um so so it's, it, I think that does up the chances for the Aussies' victory a little bit. And in this matchup, I do think I'm going to take the Aussies, actually. Uh, they're going to have to rely on both their uh, backfield committees. They've got the Edmonds-Connor committee and the Moss and Singletary committee. But I think they could do enough between the two of them to secure a W. Right now in Sleeper, they don't have a couple of guys starting with uh, uh, some of their bye weeks still playing in their starting lineup. So the projection isn't very accurate. But the, I mean, the War Machines have been underperforming. It's Patrick Mahomes is leading the league in interceptions. They, their running backs are inconsistent. Their tight ends are inconsistent. Chenault and Mooney are starting their flex, and both have been pretty terrible this season. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Aussies in this one in a close matchup. It wouldn't surprise me if it went either way, but it's, I like having the five running backs versus the five wide receivers. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Do you think the War Machines get right here?
1: Yeah, I think they do. Actually, I want—I'm gonna side with the War Machines here. I really like the War Machines in this matchup specifically. I think they have some potential blow-ups from like Mooney, for example. I want to say Shenault, bro, but I just can't. Oh god, Uh, especially against Buffalo, bro. But I think for the sake of just being different here, I'm gonna go War Machines. I'm gonna just put my faith in the War Machines this time maybe put a little you know little gentleman's bet on it i'd be down for that and okay okay we'll we'll make we'll make it a deal here i'm gonna you know i'll take the war machines you take the aussies and we'll see how uh, it pans out next episode
0: yeah yeah i'm down for that i i'm pretty confident in the Aussies, so i'm down for that bet 100 percent i like their chances this week
1: don't let me down dave (laughs)
0: <laughs> Dave, you know what to do. Bench Mahomes. Uh, anyways, so let's move on to our matchup of the week. Uh, this one's a huge one. So we've got you, the, Cle- the Cleveland Steve boats, I'm sorry, versus the Chicago Southsiders. This, this is huge. Uh, you haven't lost a game this, uh, this year yet. The Southsiders are seven and one. They're currently sitting in third in our, uh, in our division or no, actually, excuse me. They're sitting in second. I forgot the Sea Dogs had lost that extra game. Uh, they're currently sitting second in our division, but they could drop down to third with a loss here. I am sorry, but I am going to take the Southsiders here. It's, your team's got a little bit of injury bug right now. Uh, we're still kind of iffy on some of the players. Uh, Kyler Murray's questionable this week. We'll, we'll see if Christian McCaffrey plays, whether or not he does, which, I mean, Chuba Hubbard's been playing pretty well in uh, in replacement for Christian McCaffrey, but nobody will score like Christian McCaffrey does. Uh, and you've got a little bit of a tight end conundrum. Uh, Noah Fant just came down with COVID, so you're going to have to start Hunter Long. And like we talked about earlier, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is – I think he's going to struggle a little bit against the New Orleans Saints this upcoming week. The Saints have the thir- third best defense against tight ends this season, and I think they're going to come up with a game plan to stop Pitts because if you stop Pitts, I truly think you stop the Falcons' offense. On the other side, we've got the Southsiders who I'm kind of looking at uh, their tight ends to out outmatch as long as Darren Waller plays to outmatch your tight ends. I don't think – I think Darren Waller's not on the injury report though. No, he is not on the injury report. So I I am looking at his tight ends to probably beat out your tight ends in a pretty big way. And then another one that's a little interesting to me is the Cowboys running backs as a whole. So they're playing the Broncos this week and the Broncos defense has been middle of the road against running backs, but, Particularly lately, they've been pretty bad against running backs for fantasy purposes. Anyways, the first three weeks kind of inflated that with when they played those three terrible teams, I believe the Giants, the Jaguars and the Jets. Um, But they lately they've kind of gone downhill. So they're starting both Zeke and Pollard this week. So I expect big weeks from them in this matchup. Uh, What do you think about your chances versus the Southsiders?
1: Unfortunately, my chances aren't great. This is probably going to be my first L of the season, which is fine. I totally expected it. I did not expect to steamroll this season, especially with my team being a little banged up here and there. Honestly, I've I've had a hard time. I've been, you know, going back and forth with some of my uh, starts and sits, and some of these some of these matchups are really hard to predict. And some of my players have been very inconsistent, just frustrating beyond belief, especially with DJ Moore, uh, Sam Darnold, and DJ Moore were just lighting it up. The first i think it was the first four weeks and ever since then it's been just sadness it's been sadness since then uh sam darnold unfortunately has turned into the sam darnold of old he's looked like total trash and dj moore is not unlocked anymore he is now locked again so i might be waiting another season for dj moore to be unlocked in 2022 nah i just don't think i can beat the southsiders i think they just have too many consistent scores The only chance I think I have is if Devontae Adams doesn't go. I have a chance then. However, if CeeDee Lamb doesn't play, Kyler Murray being questionable, Christian McCaffrey also still not ready to go, it seems, uh, unless the report changes. So Chiba Hubbard has been serviceable, but like you said, he's no Christian McCaffrey. You know, Chiba Hubbard usually gives you that 13 to 15-point week. Christian McCaffrey could be easily 25 to 30. So...
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm personally going to take the Southsiders as well, but I, on a selfish point, would like you to win just to uh, take down the Southsiders one little notch in my division. That would help me out a lot in uh, getting me a guaranteed playoff spot and a higher seed in the playoffs. So. All right, that'll wrap up Episode 7 for us, guys. Like I said, we're going to try and get a little bit more consistent on these the best we can anyways, but catch you next time on the Dynasty Optimus.